4: And it doesn't contain ham and eggs, or sausages, or pork chops. It contains a whole roast suckling pig with glistening brown skin and an apple in his mouth. We're doing roast suckling pig. i throw it. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou.
2: And they are carving up this LSU defense
4: They don't get no better than that, man. Now Cook's going to throw the deep ball, and Burton's past the
2: defense! Touchdown, Luther Burton! 47 yards! Good place, kick is up. It
4: is... Yes! Oh, the walk off winner from 61! Harrison Minas!
5: This is the Mizzoucast. Howdy, Tiger fans! Welcome to the Mizzoucast. I'm your host Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother Colin Anthony. What's up, dum dums? And we are coming to you after the final regular season game of the college football season, where the number nine Missouri Tigers defeated the Arkansas Razorbacks forty-eight fourteen. What a bloodbath! That close. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. The 14 points were all garbage time. Nothing yeah. scores. It was a bloodbath like I'd never seen in a long time.
1: Yeah, since I'd seen since Tennessee.
5: Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Been quite a while. Two weeks prior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Colin, this game, Missouri was always the better team, and we knew that on paper everybody should be picking Missouri to win it. I think they were nine-and-a-half-point favorites. But you just worried, you know, like, oh, we – We had been hoping for a special season, you know. There's it was within our grasp, and you know these are the kind of things where you can let it slip away. Missouri never gave any indication they were going to let this one slip away. They came ready to go, and they absolutely dominated an Arkansas team, which didn't look like it had much to play for.
1: A couple things that this game sort of illustrated for me was one something that's been more and more apparent as the season wears on is that Cody Schrader and this offensive line are dominant not just good they're dominant and this is an offensive line that earlier in the season I was like I just don't feel like they know how to impose their will when you know when it's time to run the football like they don't seem to be able to get the job done and man they have completely flipped the script like the last five weeks they have just been dominant as I've said and uh the other thing is is I think it says to me like Florida's a better team than I thought they were yeah and not that Mizzou shouldn't have beat them more handily in that game but I think part of that was. you know, you watch this Arkansas squad, you watch that Tennessee squad, you watch South Carolina, and you just go, man, Mizzou's just a better team, they're outclassing these teams, and while I think we are better than Florida, and we did beat Florida, I think Florida's closer to Mizzou than any of those other teams. Yeah, it was it was great, and uh, there aren't a lot of teams in this country that I I, I think can beat us, and for all the blabber about, um, you know, who's the, in the top 10 or who should and shouldn't be part of the reason Mizzou belongs there is who is going to hold up against Cody Schrader in this offensive line. I mean, he had over a hundred yards against Georgia and a lot of people think that we should have committed to the run more in Georgia. So if we're just going to just run rough shot over everybody, when it comes to the running game, how are teams like old miss going to get in our kitchen about being able to play with us or, or Louisville who lost to Kentucky, you know, give me a break. Missouri would just absolutely pummel these people. You know, the only teams that have been able to to hold up to um, Mizzou's running game are, are basically Georgia and LSU, and it, Missouri certainly didn't commit to the running game in LSU, so I don't know. I, I They're a dominant team and deserve to be higher than nine, personally, I think.
5: Well, they were one play away from being number eight in the country and being ranked higher than Alabama, but Auburn had to choke <laughs> at the last second, so... We should get into that later, yeah. But uh, yeah, Missouri uh, looked great on the run. Cody Schrader had two hundred seventeen yards on the ground, most of that in the first half. Funny thing about this team, Colin, is that they're so loaded with wide receivers and talent at that position. But the we've become a running team. I think Cook only had one hundred twelve yards passing in this Arkansas game. Over half of it, I think, went to Luther Burden the third, but. Most of the work was done on the ground.
1: Yeah, and Cook's throwing was as shaky in this game as it's been in a few games. I mean, he was some of the passes he completed seemed to be sailing on him, um, and he was he was not sharp. This was not Cook's best game, which is, it says something about the Tigers. managing to, at one point, be up like 40 to nothing with their quarterback having a sort of off night. Um, the defense was just dominant. I mean, there was never a point where I was like, I don't know, after the first quarter, I was like, Arkansas is not going to score. Like we are, just they just have no answers. Like we are so much better than them, Uh, and our defensive line is pummeling everyone. I mean, it was a third play of the game they took out their best player, their uh, their quarterback. I mean, I don't know. It was it was a dominant performance. And honestly, what I expected from this game, uh, you know, Twink Caleb was texting us, being like, "Oh, this scares me." I was like, "I wasn't scared at all of Arkansas." Like this is this went exactly the way it should have went.
5: You mentioned that KJ Jefferson went down early, and uh, obviously that had an impact on the game. But you know, when it was the third quarter and Missouri was leading forty-one to nothing, I was just like, "That's the score of a college team playing a high school team. Like this is Arkansas <laughs> doesn't belong on the same field as Missouri right now." It, keep in mind, we were in Arkansas; we were in their home turf. You know, this was yeah. everything was in. You know, they had the advantages that they had. And they could not play with the Missouri Tigers this year. And I kind of wanted to hear what Arkansas fans had to say because they were in a position where the excuse making would be difficult. They were getting absolutely throttled and dominated by us. And so, you know, we hear a lot of excuses from opponents as Mizzou fans, but when you're beating a team 41 to nothing, eh, it's pretty tough to make excuses. Yeah, they're like, man, if that official just had called the game different. Right. You know, It's like, <laughs> I don't
1: know, it's a 40-point 40, 40, uh, uh, deficit at this point. I'm not sure
5: that's going to make a difference. Yeah, if, uh, one hold uh, call one had thing, gone the other way. One thing I really
1: enjoyed in this uh, game was uh, Brett Norfleet having a coming-out party. Yeah. That guy is a uh, big, scary, crazy ginger tight end. He's just ready to... Just destroy the SEC. I, God, I hope he's here next year. I, I have to say that with every player just because of the fucking transfer portal. But <laughs> right. if, uh, if Weiss, Theo Weiss does come back, as he alluded to in Luther Burden's Instagram's live feed, and we got Luther Burden back, and we have Norfleet, and we have Cook, you know, hopefully you find a running back to replace Schrader. Um, and hopefully this line, uh, you know, whatever line uh, lines up. Over the ball next year is good, but I mean, like, there's—I don't know. This team looks like it could be good for a little while, you know. I, I don't want to get overly optimistic. I feel like, you know, you could be like a team like Duke and win nine games last year, and then followed up with only seven wins, and of course that got their coach hired. But um, anyway, I just don't want to regress. But with a 12-team playoff and Mizzou having a, many of their integral pieces back, it's a—it's uh, easy to be optimistic.
5: Yeah, uh Northfleet I think he scored two touchdowns in about six seconds of play clock time.
4: Mm-hmm. And yeah. it that was
5: enjoyable. You know, you mentioned Wee saying he was gonna be back next year. He did get it right on Twitter the next day and say that uh he takes he backsies, I guess. He was like <laughs> Oh really? I didn't see that. Yeah, he disavowed it after um, the the day after night had passed. I guess whether that means he's not coming back or whether somebody got in his ear and be like, "Hey, don't make any promises, bub." Uh, Regardless, I don't. I wouldn't count on it yet. But anyway, this is a a team that is loaded with talent, and hopefully, you know, it's going to hurt to lose Cody Schrader. You know, he's he's a big time talent, and but at the same time, Colin, think about it this way. The first week of the season, we are saying, you know, it's going to hurt losing a guy like Tyler Beatty because he ran all over the place with this yeah. team last year. And we're not a talking round about that.
1: Or a Crockett.
5: Yeah, the guys do get replaced, as good as they may be, and we'll find another running back, hopefully. I mean, Nate Pete is not a bad running back, and there are guys behind him who can run the ball. I mean, Schrader's have right. a special season, but, yeah, we'll make do.
1: I mean, uh, you know, I think about the season that Beatty had and how excited we were about that. If you would have told me you know, when Cody Schrader, if you told me the beginning of last season, when Cody Schrader and Nate Pete were kind of competing for the starting job, that one day Cody Schrader will eclipse everything that Beatty and Roundtree did, I would be like, you're fucking crazy. (laughs) You're a crazy person who is taking drugs. But that's exactly what he's done. I mean, he hasn't just had a good season he has led the sec in rushing he is squarely on the mount rushmore of missouri running backs and i'll say this for drink one of the things i loved about drink Mm. coming up in that interview because you know drink is a drink is a feisty guy he loves to lip off and it's not always i don't always love it it's easy to love it when we're winning it's easy to hate when we're losing but he got in into that interview and said, "Quit talking about this like it's a you feel know good a feel good story. This motherfucker is leading the SEC in rushing, and it ain't close. You know yeah. he's having the best season of any running back in the country.
5: Yeah, he says, and if that to...
1: doesn't qualify you to be in the Heisman con, uh, conversation, then what does?
5: The, yeah, you want your coach to be doing that. You want your coach to be put, and I, I." Colin, I guarantee you when it's on CBS after a big win, after your guy has done big things, your coach getting out there and forcing that conversation on national TV to say, talk about this guy for the Heisman. It doesn't give him the Heisman, but I guarantee you it starts conversations about things like that that wouldn't have happened without your coach having your back.
1: Yeah, that's what's great about playing these games. You know, I was thinking about that yesterday when I was watching Florida State and Florida play one another and thinking like, this is a big, it's in a prime time slot. It's this, maybe this is one of the reasons that those programs sort of look down on Mizzou because they live in those time slots for, for their rivalry games more than we ever have. But this year, Mizzou has gotten those games. They have been in the 330, the 630, the, the CBS, the ESPN, you know, this is not SEC network stuff. The profile is just so much higher when you talk about recruiting and just the national awareness of your team because those time slots are made for college football fans, not just team fans. Like, I'm a like Missouri Tiger fan, but I would not count myself as a college football fan. I have not watched a fucking snap of ACC football. <laughs>
5: right. You know what I
1: mean? Like, I watch the Missouri Tigers and then I watch the SEC. And beyond that, everybody else is in a different universe. But, you know, the people that are watching these primetime, big-time games are college football fans. They watch these these games regardless of whether their team's playing in it. And it's so nice to know that Mizzou's in these time slots. So these people who are college football fans, not just team fans, can appreciate this program and what they're doing.
5: Well, one thing that they're doing, Colin, is they have had their third 10-win season since they've joined the conference Missouri's only had five 10 win seasons in its program history since 1890. And three of them have come during our time in the sec, which makes me ask the question, is the sec too easy for us? Uh, like, you know, should you know, like we were in the big 12. We didn't have this kind of success. We've been told that we don't belong in the sec, but I'm wondering if maybe we're too good for the sec.
1: Well, I, I don't know. I'm yeah. not going to go that far just yet, <laughs> but I, I feel like it's not out of hand to say that. No, it, Missouri has been on an upward trajectory for a while. It started with Gary Pinkle and it Lord knows we have had down years and the Odom era didn't do us any favors. But Mizzou is always, like again, I, I went on that whatever podcast for one of our, you know, Florida podcast guys a couple weeks ago and you know, just told them like Mizzou is not Vanderbilt. They've never been Vanderbilt. They were very competitive in the Big Twelve. They're very competitive in the SEC. And so even though all of these mouth breathers in the SEC don't know who Mizzou is and want to just put us in this Vanderbilt box, it's like, guys, you shouldn't be shocked. This is, we have never been Vanderbilt. We've won 10 games, three times in this conference in a decade. When has Vanderbilt done that?
5: Well, when is Tennessee done that? since We've been here. Like
1: that's the fucking thing that drives me crazy. The Florida's, the Tennessee's, the Kentucky's, all these programs that want to South Carolina want to talk shit at us. And it's like, Listen, I understand that you guys might have done something in 1912 that I don't know about. Sure, (laughs) I agree that that was probably awesome, the things that you did before I was born, or my children were born, or half of the fucking fan base was born. I'm sure it's all great, but since we've been around in your conference, we've been better than you, plain and simple. I don't know what barometer you want me to use to judge myself and my team against you if it's not the head-to-head matchups we've had in the last decade.
5: Yeah, you can go down the list of teams we played in this conference and how many times we played them and what our record has been, and we are right there with the best of them. You know, we've competed with almost Georgia being the biggest outlier. I would say I think we've only gotten one win in the entire time we've been in this conference against Georgia, but against every other team, we look okay or we look pretty good. You know, Ole Miss we have a like I think we're seven wins to one loss. Arkansas obviously we dominate regularly. There's a lot of programs that we have, you know, Tennessee, for all their bluster and all their talk about what they once were, We, I think we're 6-6 and against that team. So, you know, at some point after decades passed and and these teams say, yeah, well, this is the worst stretch we've been through. This is the worst 30-year stretch that we've ever been through. That's when you've caught us. At some point you have to say, like, well, maybe – this is who you are, like at what point is it not just a bad run, but it is a it is baked into the cake of what your program is, and our wins <laughs> against you count you know and and so with these other teams that try and dismiss us it it really falls on deaf ears after a season like this, a season which no one expected, and yet they've proven every doubt or wrong, including us, and any sort of hollow excuse you might have for why these wins came at a certain time or they caught a team at a bad moment or any sort of pathetic excuse you can place together. When you win 10 games against a solid SEC schedule, I think I have seen in the top 10 teams in the country, Missouri has the fourth most difficult schedule. You have a schedule like that. You put together a resume like we put. There's just no way you can diminish what Missouri has done. And I know Ole Miss wants a New Year's Six game. And I know they have the same record as us. And I know that they beat LSU when we didn't. But there's a lot of other football games that took place, including a Georgia game that we looked really good against, and they absolutely got exposed in that game against Georgia. Sorry, well, Ole Miss. Well, that's a
1: perfect example of, of Mizzou being uh, you know, more dominant and, and better than number nine, even. Because I don't think, I think people who are watching this football, like, uh, Old Miss is a good football team. Tennessee is a good football team. It's not that these teams are not shouldn't be ranked. It's just like Missouri's really good, though. I mean, they have a they have a component in this offensive line and Cody Schrader that you know we would demolish old old Miss. And I don't I don't feel like I'm being a homer in saying that just because like old Miss's defense would not hold up. Cody Schrader and this line would run that stretch play down their throat up and down the field for four fucking quarters. And our defense is good enough, especially in the back end. And with our edge rushers, I, you know, I know that Ole Miss loves to let up scoreboard, but I don't think they would hold up. Honestly, Ole Miss, I'd I'd say Mizzou's good, a touchdown to 10 points better than Ole Miss.
6: Just
5: objectively. Well, you know, I think Missouri, the college football rankings will come out in a day or two, a couple days, and Missouri currently sits at number nine. I fully expect they're going to stay at number nine. But Ole Miss, for any hope they might have of jumping us, I think it's ridiculous because, They kind of limped past a bad Mississippi State team in the Egg Bowl on Thursday, and Missouri absolutely crushed their opponent in Arkansas on the road. On Friday, there's nothing that has happened in the week since the polls came out and we were put at number nine and Ole Miss was put at number 11 that they should certainly jump two spots (laughs) past Penn State and Missouri. There's nothing to – Missouri has done nothing wrong. As a matter of fact, they look even better, and they have gone up in both the AP and the coaches' poll. And uh, Ole Miss did not do anything against Mississippi State to make you think that they had been ranked too low. So sorry, Ole Miss. You can cry and bellyache and moan all you want. But where you sit is where you'll be, and you're just on the outside looking in when it comes to these New Year Six games. And Missouri is going to be talking about where they're going to play on January 1st. So suck it. Well,
1: they love talking about ranked opponents. I'm like, give me a break. Mizzou beat Kansas State. Mizzou beat Tennessee. Mizzou beat ranked teams just because they've fallen off since then. I mean, Jesus Christ. Up to like last week, I was seeing people rank Kansas State ahead of Mizzou, even though we had beaten them heads up. And now we get no credit for beating them? Give me a break.
5: Yeah. And I know that we lost LSU. I know it ended up being a 10-point game. But everybody who watched that game knew in the first half we dominated LSU and that we did fall apart and we shit down our legs in the second half. But I think if we played LSU again today, and granted, LSU has played better as the season's gone on, I think we beat LSU. I really do. We're that good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I think the team that demolished tennessee was not the same team that lsu played yeah the team that demolished arkansas was not the same team that lsu played we were finding our feet then and that may be one of the, the stories of this season Is like we were good from the beginning when we beat kansas state but like if you to me like we played kansas state again oh boy kansas state would be in for an absolute drubbing you know what i mean like that was a team finding its feet and by by the tennessee game the tennessee game was sort of the coming out party like, okay, we know we're good. We know what we are. No more quarterback controversy. No more Nate Pete. No more – we knew what we are. We knew what our offense was. We are a run-first team. Uh, we knew what we wanted to do on defense. No more of the fucking weak-ass soft zone. We were going man with, with uh, blitzing. You know, like we had defined who we were going to be. And we just started hitting people in the mouth. And it was – like I said, I, I think LSU and Mizzou play tomorrow – LSU, we give LSU all they want. I, I don't want to say we would beat them consistently because that seems maybe a little too much. But I'd say if we played them 10 times, Mizzou's going to win five of those games, maybe six of those games. It, it is hard. and I know there's old Miss and Louisville podcasts saying the same shit in reverse right now. But I'm like, I just can't imagine a scenario where these guys watch Mizzou football and think that their teams are going to hold up
5: to that. I agree, and I think it's going to be fun in the following week, where we get to speculate about where we are going to be sent. You know, in the bowl season, and who will be up against. I think um, it is telling that the college football playoff bowl, when they, you look at who's ranked where, and you see there's four, currently it's nice and clean for the bowl committees. There are four unbeaten teams; those become the playoff teams. Easy, easy to pick. Then you've got a number of one-loss teams, and then there's a stretch of two-loss teams. And the fact that Missouri is a two-loss team, and they're ranked above every other two-loss teams, shows that they are getting respect on a national level. They're ranked higher than Penn State. That's they're becomes ranked those higher... national games. Yeah. They're ranked higher than Oklahoma. They're ranked higher than Ole Miss. They're ranked higher than Penn State. These are national brands, and we're ranked higher than them. And we're ranked higher than them for a reason.
1: Yeah, because like I said, if you watch Mizzou football games, there's an element of this team. There's two elements of this team that make them... Uh, better than those two lost teams and one it's it's our pass rushing defense and two it's this offensive line and cody schrader you know we can just keep repeating the same thing over and over again we obviously feel like mizzou deserves to be where they're at and uh we have no issue with their ranking if if we do have an issue it's maybe that we could move up a spot or two but you know i saw a guy on uh, mizzou fan on twitter some vol fan went to there like man mizzou just has a knack for like being really good when the, the when the conference is down And then somebody tweeted, I'm like, yeah, we've got the favor for the Heisman Trophy, you know, three teams in the top 10 in the nation, you know, one team is undefeated, like number one team in the nation. Yeah, defending
5: two-time national champion.
1: Yeah, there's like, I can't remember how many, there's so many 10-win teams in the conference, like, yeah, really down. It's like, maybe you're just down. It was a balls fan, of course. Yeah, yeah,
5: of course. (laughs) Give me a break. Well, that's what I say about the excuse-making, and it just seems they ring hollow. Was, and, Colin, it's just it's amazing to be in the position we're in right now in uh, late November, having the kind of conversations we're having about where we belong in the top ten, what New Year's Day bowl we're going to go to. Are we better than Oklahoma or Penn State or Alabama for sakes? Like, 6? These are the conversations we never expected to be having at the beginning of the year, and it feels really good. And I think it's probably a good time that we take a step back, take our first break, and then we listen to what our fans have to say about not only this game against Arkansas, but this season we've had where Missouri is 10-2 and two and looking to close out one of the best seasons they've had in decades. So uh, why don't we do that now? This is the Mazodcast.) <laughs> Hey guys, Mizodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mizodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets.
4: in your favorite team Don't forget to pull your love in there and tell them they're still your dream Even if your team gets speeding out and grandma serves the turkey with our crowd, remember
5: We are back, and that's another holiday song from our friend and listener Dan Ruprecht and his band, Three Lefts and a Right. Thanks for the music. And if you have a band and you want to get it heard, we'd be happy to play it for you on the Mazodcast. Send it to Mazodcast at gmail.com. It's time to get into the Mazodcast mailbag now.
7: Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. <laughs> Hey, assholes, it's uh, Jamerson from Branson. So Uh, due to work, I am unfortunately stuck in the piece of shit at the very tip of the great butt plug of Dixieland known as Memphis, Tennessee. And as I'm driving around this huge piece of shit, it really strikes me to think that Johnny Cash actually left Arkansas to come here. That's how much of a piece of shit Arkansas is. That Johnny Cash was like, oh, i got to get the fuck out of here. I'm taking that long black train to fucking Memphis. Hot
1: garbage. Hot garbage. Garbage. Memphis has one street. The rest of it's a dump. Hot take.
5: I have to drive that bridge over 55 to get down to my in-laws down in South Mississippi. And every time I do, I uh, white-knuckle it because it's such a piece of shit bridge. It's such a dump. It looks like it's going to fall down. And I keep thinking, like... God damn! this is the United States of America. It's embarrassing for our nation that this is a major thoroughfare. Memphis, get your shit together.
6: Uh, seeing as the how yesterday was Thanksgiving, I thought I'd call in pregame and, and just list some of the things that I'm thankful for this, this year. I'm, I'm thankful for Desiree Reed Francois. She's oh, oh. a top five AD in the country. I'm thankful for Brendan and for Colin and the C-minus effort that they oh. put into this show every single week. That's I'm thankful for Luther Burden, and pretty cook. Cody Schrader, I'm thankful for Fart Guy. I'm thankful for <laughs> Mookie Cooper, Aren't we all? Theo Weiss, Brett Northfleet Darius Robinson, and I'm thankful that Missouri minus seven and a half is easy money. I'm gonna roll the Hogs.
5: He's right. I don't know where he was getting seven and a half. I was seeing nine and a half, but it didn't matter. We blew him out by uh, close to forty. Yeah. Thank you. C minus. I mean, I feel like that's high praise. I wouldn't give us a C minus usually.
1: Yeah. I tell you what. He's, he's right in that we should mention Darius Robinson And um, Johnny Walker Jr. They've been good all season And they don't get enough, enough praise on this show Or any place really Because it's so easy to talk about Cody Schrader And Luther Burden and, uh, But they have been tremendous And Johnny Walker Jr. is a junior And so I don't know where he'll be that next season But as long as he's in a Mizzou jersey We're going to have some pressure coming from the edge
3: What up, gang? Carolina Jackpot. Checking in early first quarter. Why is it, man, the Arkansas Razorbacks uniforms remind me so much of South Carolina's? Probably because they blow fucking ass and they get sat by Missouri a lot. But on a serious note, I was thinking about something the other day. What do you think is greater the chance? Do you think that there's a bigger chance that there are more individuals in The Tennessee fan base who want to motorboat Josh Heupel's tits or more fans in the Arkansas fan base who want to motorboat Sam Pittman's titties? I think it's a fair question. I'll hang up and listen. (laughs) I'll
1: hang up and wait for the answer. Um, Gosh, I would say that Heupel's probably winning that uh, because – I saw a lot of Arkansas fans not very happy that uh, Pittman had sort of got the uh, assurance that he was going to get another season uh, before they ever played Mizzou. And then they just get demolished by Mizzou. And people are like, I can't believe we're keeping this fucking guy. And I was kind of like, I can't either.
5: (laughs) Yes, Uh, But I'm
1: happy you are. Uh, Do you remember, Brennan? Do you remember how high Arkansas was on this jackass? And his yes.
5: Oh, Colin, how many times have we had to go through Arkansas fans telling us that their new coach will turn everything around and all the things we've seen the entire time we've been in this conference are just an illusion. And this new coach is going to set it right. Well, so in fact,
1: I think we, we put Sam Pittman in a sitcom with Mike Leach at one point. I'm pretty sure.
5: Yeah, we did. Uh, We thought that those two belong in a sitcom together. Uh, Colin, I I, was a stick. Yeah, that's right. And I, at one point I thought about doing the work and of course I only give a C minus effort. So I didn't do it Mm -hmm. of pulling up all audio because early on in Sam Pittman's tenure and when he was having success at Arkansas early, you were saying, I don't buy into Sam Pittman. He has a shtick, and shtick fades and it's not real and he sucks. And I do not believe Sam Pittman is going to help Arkansas go anywhere. That looks prescient now, but uh, yeah, I, I, I know you've never been a believer in him and certainly Arkansas fans are on board with you now.
1: Like I said, I I, I mean now, It's not just me being trying to be glib. It shtick runs out. Um, there's lots of guys who run on shtick, and they never last because shtick isn't a foundational program building component, you know. And so, I think Sam Pittman is going to be back to coaching offensive line for somebody and doing a really good job of it at some at, very soon. Well,
5: but, I I will say that um, I do think that when you're talking about the motorboat factor he might get a little bit more support than you think, just because I think he's got better tits than Josh Highball. Oh, rockin' knockers. Yeah. Rockin'. Right?
4: Yeah,
3: hey, Marty from Kansas City. Uh, great start. Schrader doing his Schrader things. But can Tyler Stevenson...
5: Incorrect. Uh, Stevens.
3: ...transfer portal, please? Uh, he's had more <laughs> drops than it seems like the rest of the team. And uh, he's not playing in front of North League uh, anymore. right like, that dude's... Uh, hot garbage. Hot <sighs> <sighs> garbage. 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 But anyways, I had this uh, conversation with MIZ. Let's beat these fucking
1: hogs. I had this conversation with Brendan. You got to have more than one tight end. You need a blocking tight end. Uh, it's not his fault that we throw to him, it's the offensive coordinator's fault. So, like, you know, we should never throw a ball to him ever again. And North Fleet should be getting all the targets as a tight end, but you still need him on the team because you need a blocking tight end.
5: It's and he does a
1: fine job blocking.
5: It's unbelievable what a bad pass catcher he is. I mean, he just is terrible. <laughs> he really is. He is. I would like to see the statistics.
1: I wonder if he's dropped as many passes as he's caught this year. Oh, I mean, I bet had, close.
5: He had three against LSU, and they were brutal drops. And and the oh, drop yeah. he had he, against Arkansas. Much Ar-
1: to blame for that loss.
5: Yeah, for a- sure. Anyone. And the the drop against Arkansas ended up not mattering. But I mean, Brady Cook made the devastating decision to throw into his hands. <laughs> Yeah, worst place. Yeah, it was it was awful. He cannot catch a football. Man, that was an
6: ugly fight, and I do not see things game prettier. M I Z.
5: Yeah, the fight. We didn't even really talk about the fight, Colin. Uh, two Arkansas players got ejected. One Missouri player was ejected. Arkansas came chippy. It was weird. You watched that video. Uh, Arkansas fans were being like, "Oh
1: Missouri." Rickwood said we were here to fight, but look at the tape. I am like, "Well, here's what happened." It was getting chippy. And one of the offensive linemen from Missouri finished a block probably longer than he should have. I agree. It was not cool. But it wasn't what started the fight. What started the fight is that that guy started walking away. One of the Arkansas players, two hand shoved him to the ground. That is what started the fight. Just so everybody knows. And when that guy was walking away after he had blocked that guy to the ground, the guy was trying to trip him and leg lock him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's like, so, one, the shove is what started the fight. The person getting pushed to the ground with two hands is what started the fight, Arkansas.
5: It's just like Tennessee trying to claim that Cody Schrader punched one of their defenders uh, during that game. They're just – it's cope. It's a cope. they coping mechanism. They, they lost, and they're looking for any excuse to make it feel better in their little tiny brains because their little bottoms hurt because they got a big spanking.
4: Hey,
7: what's up? It's Jamerson from Branson. Just went up twenty to nothing in the second quarter. Looking good. I hope we just keep on fucking rolling. Let's beat them sixty-nine to nothing. Fuck these hogs and their bitch-made players and their bitch-made fans. Fuck this team. This this is not a rivalry. Fuck you, bitch-made players. Definitely fucking care about this game.
5: Gone 20 to nothing at the half. I remember you and Caleb and I were texting back and forth, and I said, it's a weird feeling to obviously you look at the scoreboard and we are dominating, and this is a great position to be in, but I thought we left a lot of points on the board. Should be up higher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we would have converted, you know, those field goals into touchdowns, we, we would
1: have hung 70 on these bastards. Imagine if we didn't pull Crody Schrader out of the game and just, you know, put the full put on full flaps and slow us down. I mean, like, imagine if we had just kept our foot on the gas pedal, we would have drew lock. What did what drew lock did to Delaware? Yeah. Delaware state or whoever that was. Remember that game where they just like 73 points, just beat the brakes off of them.
5: Yeah. The possible like, that's what this bearcats. looked like mm-hmm.
1: yeah, the Delaware possible bearcats, as I recall. That's what it now. was. Yeah. Can we stop letting
7: Drake call plays in the fucking red zone? We're trying to get cute. Run the ball with Cody Schroeder up the middle and get six points. Fuck. M I Z.
5: It's good to hear in an absolute fucking drubbing, which almost everything went well, that we're still getting some complaints.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only natural. <laughs>
7: the route is on, and that kick return by Arkansas. Mwah, chef's kiss. Fuck you, hogs.
3: What's up, guys? Carolina Jackpot again. Third quarter now. 34 nothing, Mizzou up. And at this point, it looks like a big clown car just pulled up to the stadium and just dropped the, the Arkansas, rather, players out to uh, attempt to play football. They just look lost, disinterested, and uh, ready to go home. Um, congratulations on your season. Uh, you guys uh, team has given hope to uh, just the middling programs, the FCC that uh, – Uh, You can level your fucking shit up, Uh, so hopefully uh, my guys will be able to do it one of these days, but anyway, um, that shit, I mean, that's about a wrap. Oh, I think that uh, you also may have actually uh, gotten Sam with the big yams fired. I think they're going to let him go this weekend. I mean, come on, goddamn, 34 to nothing. I know they said he's coming back next year, but that don't mean they can't tell a lot. Anyway, M-I-Z-Z-O, me and you. Good job. Great job, nice. actually. Damn it. Cool.
1: Nice to hear. And he's right. You know, I, I freely admit that Mizzou has at times been a very much a middling program. And like I said, we've talked about this permanent change of residence, and I hope that's what this is. And I'd just like to tell Caroline Jackpot that look at J.D. from Arkansas. He can he became a zoo fan and look how much he's enjoying life right now. <laughs> things be are ut- better.
5: Yeah, you got two choices. You can jump aboard the bandwagon while things are hot, or you can uh sit there and listen to Shane Beamer make fucking excuses as why he got beat by a bad Clemson team and uh just be a hog shit coach. <laughs> and 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 we pull for South Carolina as much as we pull for any other program.
1: I feel like that. I just uh, probably because I like South Carolina's jackpot. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like, I and honestly, I the the other this may be the difference between me and most fans are are just Mizzou in general than other the programs. Are just like I don't have sort of an outward vitriol for everybody else other than Tennessee. You know, I hate these teams when we're playing them. I hate their fans when they get in our kitchen. But like this, I don't know. I I don't hate South
5: Carolina. No, I don't either. In fact, we've had some really good years going back and forth with South Carolina. And as long as they're not playing Mizzou, if it's got to be a you know, who would you rather be atop the uh, SEC if it's not your team, South Carolina or Tennessee? Well, give me South Carolina every time, and frankly, more than Florida. I don't have any love for Florida. I feel like they're a little more. They're not as bad as Tennessee fans, but they're kind of living in the past too. I'd I'd much rather see a South Carolina team do well than a Florida or Tennessee for sure.
6: Men in the game, dominating fashion, MIZ. What else can I say? Turn the music up. <laughs> <laughs> That's our boy Keith. Well, I'll tell you what, boys. Nothing caps off this regular season better than beating these self entitled hawk fuck fuckers, and they're a BC of a head coach. MIZ.
0: Hey, this is uh, Sam Pittman's titties calling in. Uh, we're hot, <laughs> and we need some air. We're thinking, like, uh, about being fired and going to sit on the beach in fucking Miami. No, all jokes aside, uh, first time calling, that was a great win and great uh, dominating win. First time we scored over 40 points. No one paid attention to that. But M Y Z Z O, me and you, Carolina Jackpot, love you, bye.
1: You know what, Brennan? Mm-hmm. I hope this guy changes his Twitter handle to Sam Pittman's titties so we know mm-hmm. who he is. <laughs> well, it's a good way to get new followers. It's a perfect Twitter handle.
0: Hey, this is Seth in uh, Springfield, Missouri. Uh, First-time caller, long-time listener. I will say Sam Pittman's titties have gotten a lot bigger um, (laughs) over last year, which I appreciate because my wives aren't that big. So um, (laughs) I just wanted to say that this was the first dominating win, uh, I would say, that besides Tennessee, that we really needed and we scored over 40 points. No one knew this, but we haven't scored over 40 points. So that was big for the program. I think Brady Cook and uh, Cody Schrader are roommates is what I heard. I hope they both uh, get blowjobs on the couch tonight from different women, of course. Uh, But I think this is a big win, and, man, New Year's six here we come. So, bye.
5: Did not expect a swipe at this random guy's wife's tits um, (laughs) on the show, but sorry, lady.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he made a a good point. He brought up a good point in that. Mizzou needed, took care of business today, and they didn't just win. They needed to drub Arkansas because if that the arguments of programs like Old Miss make a lot more or have a lot more weight if you beat Arkansas twenty-seven to twenty, you know. But when you, you know, beat the you score nearly fifty points on them and uh, only give up two touchdowns in garbage time after you take your starters out, that's that's that looks pretty good when the people that make the decisions about rankings. Look at your team,
7: Sean. Kansas City, what a goddamn win! Fuck them piggies. I mean, just fucking beat them down. Wish we would have got the shutout, but shit happens. I mean, I'll take fucking five fumbles, Cody getting within a hundred of our all-time, our yeah, all-time single-season rushing record, and yeah, beat the fuck out of them. I'm fartman. You are fartman. We are all fartman. Am I right?
1: That's right. We're all fartman today.
3: What's up? It's your boy. I was on the ground in Fayetteville at JJ's, and they were chanting, turn it off at the game. So let's say, uh, you know, we were 10-2. Uh, we We're going to the
6: Cotton Bowl. Well, let's fucking rock and roll, baby.
5: It is possible. Fiesta Bowl, Cotton Bowl, Peach Bowl, we're all in the cards.
1: A lot of people saying Peach Bowl and Penn State.
5: Yeah, hearing which, it is.
1: God, I-, I like that. I like that a lot, because nothing would make me happier than to watch you know, a blue blood like Penn state just gets steamrolled by Cody, Cody's Raider.
5: Yeah. I'd like that too. Also they're pedophiles.
1: <laughs> yeah. Enablers, Brennan. Let's be fair. Was
0: Rodney Carrington talking about Sam Pittman when he said, if you're a big fat man, I'm a titty fan. And also what a fun, fun year it was to watch these tigers. I mean, good Lord. What a great team to watch Night in and night out. This season has been way better than expected. It's been great. So with that being said, I'd like to go through my fuck you list. John Neighbors, who runs the worst fucking podcast I've ever heard in my life. Fuck you. Trey John Jeffcoat. Fuck you. Mississippi State face tattoo guy. Fuck you. It's time to pay up. The state of Arkansas. Fuck you. Josh (laughs) Heifel, as always. Fuck you. <laughs> and uh, shout out, fart guy. Love
6: you, boys. Bye.
5: <laughs> More fart love each and every More. week. I agree. Uh, the, uh, the guy's Twitter handle is like Hail
1: State, and uh, he's of no one of real consequence. But he did say he'd get a face tattoo if Mizzou went ten and two earlier in the year, and uh, I fully expect him to get a giant vulva tattooed on his left cheek now.
6: <laughs> What's up, everybody?
0: fuck yeah, M-I-Z, we got that win today, fucking proud of our Tigers, but here's one thing I'd like to say, I know we have a fart guy, but as my man Colin would like to know, I think we need a porn guy on the Mazad cast, and if I could give you guys a little visual, we just took our big, veiny Tiger cock out, and we titty-fucked Sam Pittman and those big, voluptuous titties. M I Z and let's go get let's go win a New Year's Six Bowl, baby. Let's
1: get it. It's a good time to remind people that if you have children in the car, this is not the show to listen to.
5: (laughs) Yeah, take it off Bluetooth.
1: Yeah.
7: Jameson from Branson. So people always talk about Shane Beamer being a petulant child, which he very much is. He fucking sucks. But uh Sam Pittman is right up there with him for just an emotional roller coaster, like, there's something to be said about the coach that can say, stay steady and stern, like a field general, but whenever Sam Pittman's winning, you know, hitting his head on that eight-win ceiling, he's yes sir! But then whenever he's getting his brains beat in every other year, winning four or five games, he looks like a fat sack of shit. <laughs> so, well. Hopefully he sticks around, because I like beating the shit out of him, and I kind of like those episodes of Two Men and a Monkey. So, suck it.
1: Oh, that's it, Brennan. That's it. (laughs) Leach and and Pittman were going to have a monkey. That's right. How I Met My Monkey.
5: That's it. That's (laughs) it. it. That's it. How I Met My Monkey with (laughs) Sam Pittman and Mike Leach. Thank you for the reminder. (laughs) <laughs> we'll pull up the, we put a visual up, I think when we originally, came. yeah, up pretty, your, I'm
1: pretty sure that you had, you made a, uh, a sitcom, a poster.
5: Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. dig that up. Yeah, we should, we, well, we may even have a spec script somewhere.
1: <laughs> if we don't, we're just going to go to open AI and make one right now.
5: It's going to be a long off season Colin. I think we can get that pulled off. Maybe do another, uh, Mazoncast live theater, masterpiece theater. Like we did during mm-hmm. the, uh, Crazy Mizzou softball email scandal several years ago. Oh, man.
1: Yeah, we could. Uh, what did they call that in the old days when the radio, a radio show, you know, yeah. like. Uh,
5: yeah. Real, yeah. Like War of the Worlds. That's right. Yeah. That's going to be the Mizzoucast Masterpiece Theater. The first ever episode of How I Met Your Monkey with Sam Pittman and the ghost of Mike Leach. Maybe it works better as a ghost.
1: Oh, Brennan, it does. That's, like, that's a serious punch up to the script, really. At the end of the day.
5: <laughs> sure. All right, I like where this is going. We got ourselves an off season plan.
1: Hey, what's up, you fucking idiots?
7: It is three thirty on Saturday morning. I am getting ready to go duck hunt with my uncle, who's a fucking Arkansas fan. And I'm probably gonna whoop his ass like Mimbo Memboo, Mimbo, whatever the fuck his name is. Beat the fuck out of them Arkansas pussies! <laughs> oh by the way, fuck Arkansas. Fuck you. I want to titty fuck Sam Pittman. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Go fuck yourself. M-I-D, motherfuckers!
4: Woo!
5: Ugh. Phil is jacked up and has a gun. I don't know if it's a good combination.
1: Brennan, I forgot to tell you, uh, Brennan wasn't at Thanksgiving for our family because uh, he's still dealing with the repercussions of having children yeah, with medical issues. Sure.
5: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Anyway, our cousin, producer Joel, who the, the, the real ones who have listened to the show from the beginning know, ask me, he's like, man, what happened to uh, to that one guy who called all the time? What was his name? I was like, Superfan Phil. He's
4: like, yeah, what happened
1: to that guy? He hasn't been calling lately.
4: Uh-huh.
1: And I was like, I don't know. And so I kind of called Superfan Phil out on Twitter, like, hey, we're looking at you when we were, dropped the line out there. You know I mean? I feel like... Hey, I love Fart Guy. you sure. have Superfan Phil getting, you know, just falling by the wayside, <laughs> no. and blowing up his spot. Come on, Phil, that's right. You I earned the Superfan moniker, you, but you gotta, you gotta live up to it.
5: I, Colin, I, I don't think it's any uh, secret that Superfan Phil was as much a fan of Caleb the Greeks as he was ours, and Caleb's not on the show as much as he used to be, and so I don't know if there's a correlation there or Superfan Phil you know, just isn't as, isn't as inspired knowing that it's not going to go right into uh, Caleb's ears. I don't believe that for a second, Brett. Okay.
7: Woke up this morning, still can't shake off the erection from yesterday.
5: <laughs> it's not <laughs> how you get rid pain, of it. Brother. It's not how you get rid of that erection. You don't shake it off, you wank it off. <laughs> the fapping.
6: Yeah. Well, I'm calling 24 hours after we absolutely beat the piss out of Arkansas if Cody Schrader isn't in the top five best running backs in the country then the journalists are all blowing each other off for a Michigan or Ohio State uh, running back I don't know what to say about the fight I thought that both sides behaved each other equally badly uh, they need to grow up is is lying. they all came for a fight it was his usual backstabbing shit but fuck them uh, we cleared that stadium up by the second quarter, now they can go back to, you know, fucking each other's cousins, anyway, fuck that, M-I-Z. Uh see you in a New Year's Day ball, baby
5: Z-O-U, that's right
1: you know what he's right, We're all, everyone in that fight was at fault, we wasted how many hours tweeting and everyone tweeting it back and forth, whose fault is it like, it's a bunch of idiots being idiots on both sides of the ball, you know, I don't want to be a homer and be like, oh, Mizzou has no fault in this, they absolutely had fault in that Arkansas had more fault in it, but Mizzou is definitely not
5: uh, without guilt. And, you know, honestly, there are things you can do that are out of line, way out of line. But a lot of these fights, in football especially, (laughs) they're all wearing pads. These are guys who are super jacked up, and we tell them all year long, hit each other as hard as you can. And then when they get all excited and there gets to be a fight situation, we're like, hey, don't hit each other as hard as you can. You know, they're 20 years old. It happens. It's not good. You should – discipline them in the ways they need to be disciplined. But ultimately, the thing I love about football is like offsetting penalties, replay the down, and that's the end of it. (laughs) You know, it's not like a big deal.
6: (laughs) There we we go. Fart guy reporting for duty. Thanks again for that fart love from that sexy, tasty, horse talk gent last week. Just an unbelievable game and obviously nothing but fart love, uh, for the Tigers this week. So with the year winding down, I wanted to kind of throw out a best of for the pod voicemails this year, uh, and also a request. So in, uh, in no order for the, for the best of definitely JD's blowjob when he converted to the Tigers, the Keith development, <laughs> JD shitting himself. <laughs> Followed by a second horse cock uh, that also did the same. Yeah. Part uh, love in general. And uh, finally, a uh, Carolina jackpot and everything that can be positively inferred from that. And then lastly, uh, just a request. I mean, from the bottom of my sack, uh, <laughs> please bring back the robot that was on one of the pods either last year or a couple of years ago. Uh, regarding the new ticketing system,
5: Bart <laughs> guy out. <laughs> do you remember that robot, Colin? I don't. I don't remember. You d- you don't? No. Well, no. no. <laughs> this was like preseason or early season. I do think it was last year or the year before. I think maybe last year. Well, m- well there was just like news that the athletic department was going to issue like these robotic. Ticket vendor, I don't know. Just like you could just go up to a, a a robotic stand and get your tickets or something. And we interviewed the the robot, <laughs> the robot itself. But uh, yeah, no, we. I mean, we could always. Paul Feinbaum. I has think it.
1: this. I think I remember this. Britain. I think maybe that robot system may have had nefarious intentions. Was was something that I recall. Yeah, I th- like maybe. <laughs> there
5: were hints of possible attempts for global domination, but mostly. <laughs> It was Mizzou ticketing that it was interested in. I mean, I'm just going to take it at its word, but, you know, the Findbot knows a lot of these, these robotic systems. If we wanted to interview any robots, I think we'd go through the Findbot and we can get find our mark. But uh, yeah, thank you, Fart Guy. And thanks for all our callers over the course of the last year. I think there's a lot of new callers this year, which is not surprising given the success that the team has had. I know that Colin and I have seen a lot of uh, new listeners to the pod simply because Mizzou's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, 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 the follows on Twitter, the listenership on the podcast, it all just is, you know, we go as the team goes. And, uh, so we certainly appreciate everybody who's listening. This is new to this. Um, I know we're not everybody's cup of soup, but, uh, me and Britain a long time ago, we were like, we're going to do the show we want to do. And that means we're going to say a lot of naughty words and use a lot of sophomoric humor and yeah. But fuck it, you know what I mean? Like that's just who we're going to be, and uh, we're glad that there's people out there that want to listen to this crap. And fart guy, I appreciate you showing love to everybody. But if there's an MVP of calling in this year, <laughs> I'm I'm afraid you're going to win that award.
5: Yeah, that's right. I mean, no nobody else is getting like tips of the cap every week other than fart guy, and you know, well earned. Way to go. <laughs> And it's time to move on to a segment that's really just become a regular segment that we get to do each and every week. It's time for Sour Grapes. What you got there, sour grapes? You got a
4: grip of sour grapes. Oh, them sour grapes. You brought them sour grapes. Sour grapes, sour grapes. You got them sour grapes also. Oh, sour-
5: colin uh, traditionally arkansas has had this weird superiority complex where they think they're too good to even have us as a rival so they don't want to recognize this game as a rivalry yet there's no reason whatsoever before or after we've joined the conference that arkansas should think that they're better than us so it does lead to good sour grapes and of course Jay brian helped us out by uh, just dumping grape after grape upon us do you have any that you'd like to share Yes, I do, Brennan.
1: At John Gruden's penis. <laughs> <laughs> like it already. Wrote simply, fuck Mazoo.
4: Salad great.
1: The classic. The go to. The gold standard. Brennan the pessimistic razorback says, I fucking hate Mazoo. But my God, do I hate us just as much, if not more. <laughs>
5: Salad
4: like great.
5: Yeah, that's a little self reflection. It's hard not to get that way when you're getting beat by over 40. Uh, somebody says, Mizzou's trash. Am I right?
4: Salad grapes. Not
5: really. You aren't right. Uh, No, you're not right at all. I I saw this
1: sentiment so much from like that neighbor's guy and and fans in drill, just like Arkansas's better than Missouri. Yeah. Like we, you know, like when is this going to end because we're better than Missouri? But like, if you go down their history, they're not better than Missouri. They never have been better than Missouri. No. And, and, and Arkansas just doesn't treat Missouri this way. They they think they're on a par with like lots of teams in the SEC and it's like you guys I mean it's a fucking tight race between you and Mississippi State for Vanderbilt of the West. Yeah. You're a lot closer to Vanderbilt and than you are what you think you are. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying you're Vanderbilt, but I'm saying you're a lot closer to that than this weird
5: Yeah, they think they're LSU.
1: have with some kind sort of dominant program.
5: Yeah. Well, keep in mind that Arkansas has only been in the SEC since since the early 90s, so they don't get to have – Yeah. All these other, like, Tennessee, oh, we're a founding member, blah, blah, blah. Arkansas doesn't even have that. So I don't know where their feelings come from. Hey, uh, Will Compton says, trash team, trash university, trash state. Missouri is trash. L, 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 L.
4: Salad grapes. Again,
5: what does that make you – like, we're just better uh,
1: than you in every single way, but we're trash. So mm-hmm. I don't, I, I love that a person gets so angry about his football team that he just goes and just sprays this all over social media. It's great, it's terrific. It's why we get to play sour grapes. Brendan Hogburner writes Mizzou is the least classy team in the SEC.
4: Grapes, Jim. Enough with the classy, okay?
1: There's there's one thing, you know, like I'm not saying Missouri in general is classy, but when you're stacking this up against the Mississippi's and Louisiana's and Alabama's and the Floridas of the world, Jesus Christ, we might as well walk around with a monocle
5: and top hat all the time. (laughs) And Arkansas, for God's sakes, look at your stands. (laughs)
1: Look in your stands, Arkansas.
5: (laughs) TXP bunch of numbers says. Fuck Mizzou and I'll stand on that till the day I die. Bunch of pussy thugs.
4: Salad grapes.
1: Yeah, thugs don't go to college. Britain at uh, Jonah Rapett writes, Missouri fans are wildly classless.
5: Jim, enough with the classy, okay?
4: Salad grapes.
5: Didn't know classiness was such an important aspect of a football yeah. team for Arkansas yeah. people. Well, and they're not even talking about the football team. They're talking
1: about the fans in general. We just lack mm. class.
5: Yeah, I didn't see a lot of pearls to be clutched on the Arkansas fans. Instead, I saw a lot of uh, naked pot bellies and hats of pigs (laughs) and what clearly looked like genetic swishing around of genes that didn't branch out very far.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but then what I would uh, say is I see a lot of diabetics and pre diabetics. (laughs) That's right. Mama's got the sugar.
5: <laughs> yeah, I think they probably kind of like, like have to put the a lot of the fans a one c numbers up on the scoreboard in the middle of games at Arkansas games.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, at halftime they like everybody check their blood sugar.
5: <laughs> That's right. Give yourself a they little stick here.
1: Jumbotron reminded everybody get out their little those little things where they prick their finger and take a blood sample.
5: <laughs> Football Dwayne says there's no words for how much I hate Mizzou fans, players, coaches, all. But oh, they're not a rival. Maybe it was forced. But it's here, and it's not going away. We'll continue to get embarrassed by them every single year until we start giving a damn.
4: Salad great. This is a,
5: one of the famous Arkansas excuses. The only reason we lose is because we just don't even care about you, which is a crazy thing to say about your team. It's an insult to your team that you don't even care about the games on your schedule. Why? I mean,
1: what? Yeah, How many of these games can you lose before you start caring about them? <laughs> Michael Bennett writes, the refs have allowed Missouri to take control of this game, Mizzou plays dirty and gets away with holding on every run play. Mm-hmm. Arkansas doesn't stand a chance. So this guy uh, believes that the 48-14 to 14 drubbing was the result of officiating.
4: Salad Well, th- This
5: is true. We've learned this since the Kentucky game, Colin, that obviously Missouri, the fix is in for Missouri. The SEC wants them to win every game. The Blue Bloods yeah, like Missouri get that. Yeah. We hold on every play that's never getting called, and that's the reason why Tennessee and Arkansas got beat by multiple touchdowns is because of a couple holding calls that didn't go their way. Mrs. Dan's Van says I'd still rather be a Hogs fan than part of your low class program, Mizzou. You've never belonged in the SEC. You know nothing of class nor tradition. Again, enjoy your little 15 minutes.
4: Salad grapes.
5: More class talk. Jim, enough with the classy, okay?
1: Uh, I just, the way that's written, I guarantee she has Christ follower in her bio.
5: Uh, Colin, it says Christ follower, hoping. I'm reading it right now. <laughs> Mrs. Dansman, it says Christ follower, hoping not to embarrass him. Wife, mom of five, grandmom of seven, Arkansas Razorback fanatic. Uh, She has
1: made a Chili's hostess cry. I promise you.
5: (laughs) Yes. No one is less Christ-like than the people who put Christ follower in their Twitter profiles.
1: I have one last one here, Brennan, because I don't want to drag down the show. I know we're going to go long here. But uh, Otis Campbell writes, Missouri is only good when the East is down. You beat no one. And lost to anyone who was relevant.
4: Salad grapes.
5: Well, it's true. Arkansas wasn't relevant, and we did beat them. So I guess there's.
1: Well, I I think it's it's just indicative of the tweets we get during these games. You could tell, like these other teams in the SEC haven't watched Missouri football, not even a little bit. Like I don't expect people from the the Big Ten or Big Twelve or ACC or whatever to watch Mizzou SEC football, but. The, the people in our own conference have no clue about what's going on until we show up at their stadium and break it off in their ass.
5: Arkansas ought to know by now. It's amazing what their memories aren't capable of, but uh, they're in trash. So what can you expect? Arkansas sucks. And these have been Sour Grapes.
4: Sour grapes!
5: All right, Colin, it is time. we. Uh, I think we started to do it last week, but uh, we take a little diversion from Kansas news this week. We're going to have Arkansas news. Well, I
3: was I heard There were three kinds of suns.
5: Arkansas. Sunshine.
3: Sunflowers.
4: Sons of bitches.
5: This is Arkansas News. Arkansas. Arkansas man in rocking car was having sex with a stuffed animal. <laughs> Wonderful, Uh, wonderful. A 55-year-old Arkansas man was discovered in a compromising position in a rocking car, allegedly having sex with a stuffed animal. A deputy in Baxter County Sheriff's Office arrived at Midway Store and Lock, a commercial storage facility, about 12.45 a.m. to investigate a swaying vehicle. He stated that he observed the vehicle was rocking.
1: Is this really illegal? What has this guy really done? It's four in the morning. He's just trying to have sex with his stuffed animal. Do you really <laughs> have to bother him? I mean, what has he really done wrong? It's not like he's doing it in front of a school at 10 o'clock in the morning.
5: Well, let's see. When the uh, deputy... I have a lot of
1: sympathy for this guy. And if you're asking, yes, I fuck stuffed
5: animals. Well, I was going to say a little too much sympathy if you ask me. When the deputy <laughs> peered inside, he observed Theodore T. Morgerman III having sex with a stuffed animal. I want to know what kind of animal we're dealing with here. The sheriff's office. Was, it,
1: was that his real name? <laughs>
5: The says, "Yes, it is." Uh, the sheriff's office said they did not give any detail about what kind of animal it was. Uh, he was con-
1: descendant of British royalty,
5: apparently. <laughs> yeah, the deputy was. <laughs> <laughs> the deputy then found a purse containing two <laughs> marijuana pipes and one syringe during the search of the car. Nice. While the other, he was having a night. I want to know why fucking a. Stuffed animal allows the guy to do a search and seizure of your vehicle. Anyway, while another deputy later found about,
1: a. Bit <laughs> in, you might assume somebody's high if you saw that.
5: <laughs> he also found three grams of methamphetamines in the <laughs> purse. Is. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know that having sex with a stuffed animal is the crime. And the article is not great. I'd like to know, is the, is the crime just being nude in public? Uh, having, like, I don't, I don't know. I agree with you that let people come in whatever they want to come in as long as it's, you know, <laughs> they're sort They're not of, bothering anybody. Yeah, the they're not bothering anybody.
1: But then anecdotally, um, in, my, uh, in my real life where I have a job that actually makes money, and I like this podcast, I sometimes deal with people from a lower socioeconomic economic. Uh, Part of our society, Um, a a trailer park, Arkansas type person, you might say, I've noticed a trend where like the poorer you are, the more the more you life you've spent living in a trailer, the more likely your kid is named to be, you know, Gerald Kensington. Duckworthy the third. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they think like adding extra word extra names and like the third behind shit is gonna make him classy. It's like, no, he's still just gonna clean bathrooms at the Casey's. Doesn't what? matter how many fancy names you give him.
5: It's kind of a rich man-poor man scenario, I feel like.
1: Yeah, it's very much is. It's like you can call him uh Bartholomew Gregory Tate the Eleventh. And it won't matter because you drink and smoke during the entire pregnancy.
5: (laughs) Well, let's get on to our next story, Colin, because it may be a similar circumstance name-wise. Arkansas man arrested, accused of having sex with family's pet donkey. Everett Lee Compton faces multiple counts of bestiality, animal cruelty, and criminal trespassing. An Arkansas man was accused of having sex with a family's pet donkey on multiple occasions. Everett Lee Compton, age 49, faces, the third. That's right, faces charges of bestiality, criminal trespassing, and cruelty to animals. Investigators say the donkey's owners, Emerit and Joyce Whitaker, told officers that they'd had issues with the trespasser harassing their pet donkey over the past three years.
1: Jesus. So this is like
5: a... Well, it's a relationship is, with the donkey is what it is.
1: <laughs> yeah. They're, they're getting in the way of this of their love, apparently. Yeah,
5: it's like, like a Romeo and Juliet, dark, Juliet story of Arkansas, you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> the.
5: Pro-
1: <laughs> I, I just... I never understand these sorts of stories. Like, I obviously don't want to have sex with a donkey, but if I did, I'd be downright scared to try and have sex with a large animal. Like, how mm. do you not go into the scenario... Scared that you're going to get kicked in the head and end up in a wheelchair with a traumatic brain injury the rest
5: of your life. Arkansas fans have told us, Colin, the way that you do it is that you wear oversized boots, you have sex with a sheep, (laughs) and you stick the back legs of the sheep in the boots so they can't kick. That's well, yeah, but that's a
1: sheep, Brennan. That's their strategy. this is a fucking donkey. Yeah, know, but like, this, is this is Arkansas, Colin. He's, gra-
5: he's graduated to the next level. I mean, you know what I mean? like You're talking about entry-level bestiality. I like, How do you get into the game? To, you're trying to get it, into I- the game. <laughs> and this guy is like, he's the LeBron of bestiality. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I guess you're right. I just, I'm just thinking, I'm like, I have uh, never wanted to fuck a human woman so bad I'd put my life at risk for it at this point. I, so I can't imagine doing it for a donkey.
5: Uh, I want to hear more because, like I said, this is a three-year relationship the guy has had. The problem got so bad that Emmett Whitaker posted several "no trespassing" and "do not feed animal signs. It's not the feeding that's the problem uh, around the property. <laughs> he also placed a game camera in the <laughs> in a field. For, I guess for the guys for the guys oh, wow. OnlyFans cam, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Place the game, game cam in the field south of the house where the female donkeys are kept. Thank God it's a female donkey. Imagine what kind of crimes it would be if it was gay donkey sex in Arkansas. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, yeah. I'm surprised that the bestiality is even a crime in Arkansas. They definitely sex.
1: got some, some people in the house of representatives that are going to have a problem with that.
5: <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't have any problem with you fucking a donkey, but by God, it better be a female because that's God's <laughs> way. <laughs> Oh, uh, according to the court documents, the camera captured images of a man coming onto the Whitaker coming onto the <laughs> Whitaker's property early. Made early uh, in the morning, pictures show a man placing a bag over the donkey's head, getting behind the donkey, and placing their pelvis against the rear of the animal. Now, the bag over the head part of it. Now, uh, this needs some We've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> That's they're like into stuff you know what I mean it's not just yeah. straight relationship with a donkey they're kind of into some stuff <laughs> uh, this
4: don't is, look at me
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: with the accusing eyes of that donkey on him while he's doing his business
5: well Colin I'm afraid it's the donkey that feels ashamed you know what I mean like this <laughs> That's all I got. That's Arkansas news. Coming in hot. Not too many stories, but it's well-earned. (laughs) Yeah, this
1: This
5: (laughs) You never know what an Arkansas guy is going to have sex with. You can count on it. Uh, Let's move on to Around the Horn with the SEC. We,
2: we, We break our bread at Waffle House. Our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC.
4: loves football
5: and colin would you fire up the paul fine bot i will of course (laughs) alabama alabama nick saban thanks for joining us paul thank you mizzou cast podcast let's get started all righty let's get started indeed Ole Miss versus Mississippi State that was the first game of the weekend it was on Thanksgiving Day as we mentioned Ole Miss is a little butt hurt they have the same record as us yet we have jumped in in the rankings and obviously are on more of a track to get a New Year's Six Bowl they played Mississippi State they were a 10-point favorite and indeed they won 17-7 to in Starkville in a very boring Egg Bowl a game that's usually pretty exciting but uh this wasn't that impressive against a very bad Mississippi State team.
1: In terms of great matchups in college football history this will not qualify. <laughs> yeah uh, I feel like uh, a lot of teams have drubbed Mississippi State to death and uh, 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 old miss certainly did not I mean take Texas Am they beat them 51 to 10 Texas yeah. Am not having a great season 51 to 10 but LSU barely beats them and they are supposed to jump Mizzou and a couple other teams in the rankings.
5: Well, that's one of the things where the the Ole Miss fans are mad that Mizzou's ahead of them. They knew it going into this weekend that they needed to impress if they had any hopes of sort of leapfrogging anybody and getting into the yeah. New they Year's needed Six to goals.
1: have a Mizzou versus Arkansas type turnout.
5: Well, they're right, and so Mizzou put on that kind of performance, and Ole Miss did not.
1: Are we sleeping on Missouri? Um, we well, also had a chance to be a, to be Georgia in Week Eleven. They went heads up with Georgia and got dismantled 52 to 17 these uh these old miss people trying to pump up the resume i'm like guys it's it's
5: not gonna turn out rivalry weekend it's one of my favorite weekends of the year obviously everybody's trying to get into position but some really good games weird games that i think ended up everything ended up just sort of falling in as we expected it to georgia versus georgia tech for instance uh, georgia tech hung with georgia for a while and kept it close, but uh, at the end of the day, number one Georgia beat Tech 31-23. to 23. <laughs> That should not impact their position in the college football playoff. They're going to maintain that number one spot. But it was closer than you might think. You know, those rivalry games, they're always a little bit like that. And then Florida took on Florida State. Colin, you mentioned that Florida, you know, maybe a better team than their record indicates. Obviously, Florida State lost their starting quarterback last weekend. They're coming in at number five. This was a very close one as well. Florida State ended up winning at 24-15 to 15 with 10 fourth-quarter points to pull away. But yeah. Florida was in this for a long time, and uh, gosh, that would have really upset the apple cart if Florida State had gone down.
1: Yeah, I uh, watched a lot of this game. And uh, Florida is a, is a couple players away. You know, I think their quarterback's decent. Uh, a, they're a couple players away. You put Luther Burden on that team and and uh, Cody Schrader, like two premier players, and, and they're going to get people fits. There's teams like South Carolina where I'm like, oh, they're a long way away. Or Arkansas, like, oh, they're a long way away. Florida's not. Yeah. And uh, Florida State is good. They are a really good football team. And I, I – Norvell is kind of like Drinkowitz, and then everybody's ready to hang him for a while, and he just turned out to take them to a playoff.
5: I like the backup quarterback kid for Florida. He came in and gets dust. He can run. Yeah. Uh, he adds another threat to that offense. Anyway, Florida ends the season five and seven, will not go bowling, and Florida State stays in the hunt for the college football playoff, but likely will be the first team on the outside looking in. The next game, Colin had implications for Missouri. I didn't expect it to, but up until the very last play, Alabama and Auburn, another game that nobody expected to be close. Auburn just got beat by the New Mexico State Lobos, and here comes into town number eight, Alabama. Uh, Alabama wins this thing on sort of a desperation fourth and 31. Hail Mary heave that gets caught in the corner of the end zone to go up. What a backbreaker for Auburn! Nick Saban, Nick Saban, Nick Saban. Had Auburn hung it, on, we'd be we'd have leapfrogged Alabama. Yeah, and I'm not sure about that. It, it, I, I'll never forgive Auburn for this. Like all you had
1: to do was not give up a hail mary, you douchebags. You know mm-hmm. what? Is, God, it would
5: have been so good for us if they would have won. What I didn't understand is why they didn't send anybody after the quarterback on these hail mary. Like, why give your quarterback all fucking day to find the miracle throw? Because that's what they did. You know, like make somebody harass them a little bit. You know, I understand that you want to have everybody in the back of the end zone so that there's, there's nobody open. Yeah, but you can afford one or two guys to come at the quarterback. And if you had, maybe you wouldn't have been in the position you're in now.
1: Oh, I, I saw a lot of Auburn fans
5: just, you know, wailing and gnashing their teeth. I mean, it was oh, sure.
1: heartbreaking. And you know what? I'm like, fuck you, you deserve it for letting that pass happen. It's one thing if Alabama drives the field and kicks a game-winning field goal, but to give up a touchdown on a Hail Mary last play, like, ah!
5: It was brutal <laughs> and uh, very Nick Saban-esque. Next game, though, Colin, made me much happier. The Kentucky Wildcats went into Louisville, number 10 Louisville, who, much like Ole Miss, was bellyaching about Missouri being ahead of them. And they lost all their arguments when Kentucky beat them 38 to thirty-one,
1: <laughs> yeah, they got a lot quieter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there for a while, it was we had two programs being salty. It was Louisville and Old Miss, and now it's just Old Miss. Yeah, because Ken- Louisville shat the bed.
5: Kentucky not good this year. They ended up seven and five, and maybe more importantly for them, their coach Mark Stoops who apparently had flirted with Texas A&M, or Texas A&M had flirted with him, and that fell through, so he's going to be sticking around in Kentucky a while. Weird, the Texas A&M uh, coaching search stuff. We'll hear more about that, I'm sure, as the weeks go on. But it's not going to be Mark Stoops. He's a Wildcat for now.
1: Yeah, I, I was shocked that they so were so upset about the suggestion that Mark Stoops would be their coach. They ended up hiring Duke's coach, and everybody's like, Yay! And I'm like, how is he? Why is he so much better than Mark Stoops? Uh, you know, Mark you know?
5: Stoops has done something at Kentucky that nobody's been able to do. I don't know why Mark Stoops is not on everybody's hot list every well, year. Well, and
1: you know, you know how many games the Duke won this season? Seven. You know how many games Kentucky won? Seven. And the SEC, not the ACC, Trashville. Yeah. You know, you know, it, this, the, they they finished eighth, and the I guess because it's Duke, it's that's a big deal that they finished eighth, and that's higher than they are the usually doers guess, but i'm just like i just didn't get it i'm like why is mark stoops a bad hire that's got everybody upset and this makes everybody happy
5: well yeah i don't know it's certainly a departure from what they were trying to do with these home run big name hires like jimbo fisher that just aren't working out
1: i don't know I, at this point for a and i'm just like oh doesn't matter who they hire it's gonna fall on their face
5: yeah fuck them uh speaking of AM, they got beat by lsu 42 to 30 uh, they finished the season 7 and 5 LSU's now 9 and 3 14 in the country so LSU's kind of rolling along their defense still sucks but they produce enough offense with you know Heisman likely Heisman winner Jaden Daniels uh, as their quarterback that uh, they can beat a lot of teams just by outscoring them take the over when yep. you play LSU yeah he is impressive Tennessee took on Vanderbilt uh, obviously Tennessee won 48 to 24 Tennessee's now 8-4 on the year, and uh, Vandy 2-10, 0-8 in conference. That's just a free win for Tennessee this year. And then the next rivalry, kind of an interesting one, Clemson versus South Carolina. Clemson not the Clemson of old. Uh, they were 7-4 and four going into this one. This was a close one, but South Carolina never really stood a chance, never led. 16-7, Clemson wins a boring game and South Carolina finishes a disappointing season five and seven. Maybe the roster around Spencer Rattler is just really bad, but I've never been big on Spencer Rattler. I never bought much of the hype, but, man,
1: he looked bad. Just hasn't it looked good. And in the, games, the, the games I've watched this year, I, was, I don't know what the hype's about. I remember how amped South Carolina was when they got him. You're like, oh, Beamer's going to put Spencer Rattler at quarterback and watch out the Missouris
5: of the world. I feel like Spencer Rattler's a guy that's he is either all world or he just doesn't show up at all. And like you, well, you say
1: know. that, but when's the last time you remember being all world?
5: I don't know. He's had some games that were in very impressive games, and they certainly impressed South really Carolina, smart. but you know, it's been a while. It's been a while. So and then the final game of the week, obviously, the Missouri Tigers defeated Arkansas Razorbacks 48 to 14. The most impressive ass kicking of any of them in the conference. Missouri's number nine in the country. 10 and 2 on the year 6 and 2 on the conference schedule and finished the year number 2 in the Eastern Division and uh, heading toward a New Year's 6 bowl great season for the Tigers. We don't have anything to look forward to next week other than the uh, SEC Championship number 1 Georgia versus number 8 Alabama. Georgia is a 5 point favorite going into this game. If Alabama were to win this Colin this would throw the college football playoff picture into chaos and it could mean that the SEC will be without a playoff contender for the first time in the history of the college football playoff system.
1: Yeah, that would be crazy because even if Georgia lost this game, if you put them up against anybody else who was going to end up in the playoff, I would still
5: pick Georgia. Yeah, this is an Alabama team which barely beat a bad Auburn team, but Alabama, they they seem to get it done. They're Alabama, and so you can never count them out. They're surely going to be up for this game. They've got it all on the line for it. So it'll be interesting. It's going to be on uh, CBS at 3 p.m., and then that'll wrap up the college football season, sadly, in the SEC. <laughs> Coming down to the end of it, Colin.
1: Don't you wish the season could last forever? It's so much fun. Oh,
5: it really is. A season like this, it does. It goes by way too fast. So, hey, there's been a lot of douches this week, Colin, so should we just go ahead and name a TJ Moe Douche of the Week? week. I think we should. Part of me, Colin, wanted to skip on past Arkansas because God knows there's a lot of Arkansas douchebags. We named John Neighbors, who's a huge douche last week. He can easily be named the douche this time. But maybe I kind of wanted to name Lane Kiffin and some of the Ole Miss fan base because Lane Kiffin was out there tweeting stuff about oh, why Lane Kiffin's always been a douche. I know we've never named a douche of the week though, and uh, I don't know going with, against the Ole Miss people. I don't know if that's the way to go with it. There's also the Mississippi. Do we already name the Mississippi State guy? Who didn't get his face one is going to get his face tattooed. Uh, if Missouri won ten games, we won our ten games, and I don't hear anything about a face tattoo coming. I don't know Dan Mullen. M- Mullen. Dan Mullen, yes.
1: yes, that's. I was like, who are we forgetting? I feel like I had this. We had a slam f and dunk this uh, week, and uh I'm forgetting. Dan Mullen is the person I was thinking
5: about. Yeah, Dan Mullen put out his top ten and didn't even include Missouri on it because yeah. he's still butthurt that Eli Drinkwitz lopped his head off.
1: <laughs> yeah, he got fired because Eli Drinkwitz is his dad. Yeah, it's the, and they were salty even before that. He was uh he they got Mizzou kind of got in a fight with Florida. I don't know if you Remember that Brendan? Yeah, in a game, and there was the Darth Vader mask, and then Eli Drinkwitz lightsaber. I mean, these two have a history of not liking each other. Uh, Drinkwitz is a big part of why uh, Mullen is now sitting behind a desk on television and not coaching. Mm-hmm. And so I think what makes what makes Mullen a douche is that knowing all that he can't be objective about it. You yeah. know what I mean like he's taking this bias and carrying it with him this this sour grape mentality and uh taking it into his work.
5: Yeah. Dan Mullen's been douche of the week before because he's such a piece of shit and uh <laughs> Just a huge piece of shit and just clearly has a boner for the Tigers. And he gets out there. Mm-hmm. When he launched that top ten, he knew what he was doing. He knew that he had just erased one of the best teams in the country and the number nine team in the country off of his picture because he wanted to be a piece of shit because he is a piece of shit. So I'm happy to name Dan Mullen for a second time, I think, this season, the T.J. Moe Douche of the Week. It's- or
1: T.J. Milt piece of shit of the
5: week. Yeah, it yeah. <laughs> is. It's really a new award. award would be the Dan Mullen piece of shit of the week.
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, uh, or as <laughs> Kayla mentioned the other week, uh, Chet from uh, Weird Science piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into a more fun award. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair, Player of the Game. Again, I think this is an easy one to uh, give out. Oh, really? Who? Well, I mean, Cody Schrader, 270 yards rushing on the ground, a touchdown scored. Seems like a pretty obvious one for me. Yeah. You know what?
1: It, you'd think if you look at the, uh, if you said, hey, before this game, Brett Northley's going to score two touchdowns. Yeah. But he's not going to be player of the game.
5: You'd
1: <laughs> be like, damn.
5: Yeah. All he, right. He, and he did. He had two good touchdowns. He had three catches. Two of them were touchdowns. When but you're he, run, when running back scores, puts 217 yards on the ground how i mean and basically
1: it, in three quarters
5: we also uh we had a defensive score we had we created five turnovers there's a lot of nominees but this has been the schrader show all year long and i think it belongs in his hands again this week yep all right well cody schrader once again you are the kirk farmer's hair player of the game I guess we got a week to go before we find out where we're going bowling. but
1: uh, We'll almost certainly have to do some kind of show
5: with that. Well, I think Colin's going to take a little bit of time and maybe some recording to kind of put into perspective just what this season is. I mean, we knew early on, we got six, seven wins early on, and we knew that we were going to be a winning team, a bowl-worthy team. But what we kept talking about is how we could have a special season. And we have. This has been a very special season for Mizzou, and it's one of the top seasons I've had as a Mizzou fan. And in the moment, it's hard to sort of grasp it. I think sort of you appreciate it more after a couple losing seasons, looking back, being you know, like, oh, remember how great everything was? In the moment, it's hard to soak it all in, but do it as much as you can because hopefully, Collins talked about a permanent change of residency where these kind of seasons are regular. I hope that's true, but a lot of times it's not. And, uh, this has been really awesome, and everybody on this team, everybody who's coached this team, deserve tons and tons and tons of credit. And uh, the fan base is a buzz, and everything at Mizzou is a lot of fun right now. And, God, the New Year's Six Bowl, it's going to be awesome. So uh, Yeah. I don't yeah, know.
1: Shout out to everybody in the
5: Mizzou community. And uh, like I said, alluded to it earlier,
1: hey, we appreciate all you guys listening to the show. We really do. And uh, we wouldn't do this for 10 years if we didn't have people uh, asking for it. And it's, it's flattering. And we're so glad you listen. And uh, please continue to listen in my Z Z O U. I obviously don't want to have sex with a donkey.